Welcome to the Crypto Noobs podcast where we break down this new fascinating crypto world to make sure everyone new to it can understand it better. We think that by breaking down what feels noisy and complicated into first principles, we can all make better and more informed decisions. My name is Gabriel Riesco and I'll be co-hosting this podcast with my friend Alex Fuchs. Thanks for spending time with us. Well, hello, Alex. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Welcome, everyone, to our uh, Crypto Noobs podcast, a new episode. Today, we're going to do a brief episode just focusing uh, pretty much about Bitcoin. And I want to ask Alex, how do you think of Bitcoin? Do you think it more of a, as a savings or more of an investment? So, to summarize, I think it depends for whom, but... Uh, as you look around, and I don't think it's, I think it's still controversial, but I don't think it's going to be controversial for very much longer. I think Bitcoin is probably one of the greatest universal savings tools that is available to everyone around. And I think this is nonsense to most people. And I think there is going to be a time that's going to take to for people to think it through. And I think the way to think it uh, about it is don't think of it as money as much as, I mean, we can talk about the fact that Bitcoin and the US dollar and gold and everything else mostly is the value that people ascribe to it as opposed to any kind of intrinsic value. Um, and there are other tools like equities and other things that you can invest in that are more directly tied to a concept of value than currencies and, and such assets. But forgetting that, there's this concept of back to Metcalf's law and the concept of networks. People are adopting a certain particular financial network. They're adopting Bitcoin. Now it's early. It's very limited. But the logic of how it's been constructed, and I go back to the things that we've talked about many times, which is if you were to construct a system to try to store value, it'd be difficult to, 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 to devise one which would be any better than Bitcoin, which has a number of different ways in which it stays secure, stays simple, uh, uh, predictable, limited supply, all that kind of good stuff that we've gone through before. And it's decentralized still. Right? And it's decentralized and cannot be, cannot be uh, forbidden by governments, however much they want to try, uh, and we can get into all the, that at some particular point, then the question is all about network adoption. So it's all about, are people adopting it or not? And so what you're saying through 2013, through 2017, 2018, through 2021, 2020, 2021, is you see different waves of adoption. Different people are adopting it in different ways. And so... It seems that we are at the beginning of some level of institutional and even governmental adoption, certainly not the largest governments, not the strongest, and certainly not the largest institutions or companies yet, right? But the network itself is, continues to grow. If it continues to grow, it now becomes a tool because people believing in it gives it value. And this is the thing that's, you know, naysayers and people who can argue about it, the, 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 uh, can, 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 can try to, to, uh, argue, but it's difficult to argue against, which is that as long as more people believe that it has value, as more people participate in the mining of it and more people devote energy to it, uh, uh, uh store savings continue to buy into it or participate in the network is, I think, the better way of thinking about it. This network will continue to have credibility, value, 
logic, liquidity. And, and this comes back a little bit to the um, to the narrative, where narrative it is important, not just for Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, but narrative is always been important for any asset. Uh, stock, yeah, it's the same thing for gold. It's the same thing for exactly. for everything else around, and it's the same thing for the Argentine peso, who has lost its credibility and narrative, or you know Venezuelan Bolivar, or any of the things that we go up and down in terms of credibility. The key here is that as the network grows, the value of the network grows. This is back, this has been talked about a lot, but this is why I'm saying that it could be. So as we stand in 2021, the concept of saving, the concept of putting money aside for a rainy day or putting aside for a down payment on a house or starting a family or any of that stuff, that concept has been entirely assailed by multiple forces. It is not possible to earn uh, positive real rates in bonds, even though some of the largest uh, investment managers still uh, recommend a very sizable allocation to it. It is not possible to earn it in a savings account or at a bank or in any of that way. And therefore, people are forced towards risk. They are forced towards equity. Go ahead. Yeah, no, just to make that point clear, um, I think what, what you're trying to say is that back in the days we were able to save our way out even into maybe into retirement but right now saving money just on your bank account and just leaving it as even as dollars which the dollar is more the, the most one of the most stable currencies in the world you're losing money and i think people are starting to catch up with this as as you get some kind of financial education that just leaving money dollars on your bank for 10, 20 years, it's just a bad strategy. It's not going to work out well for you. Um, is that is that kind of what you're exactly? So you're you know, the, yeah. again, we talked about this in the earlier episode. But we were all born into the system, so we have certain things that we've learned, particularly from our parents or experience, which is you know having money in the bank and having some savings and having cash in your pocket and all that kind of stuff gives you flexibility, gives you. Uh, 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 comfort and so on and so forth. But the truth is, the world has changed quite a bit. The, the trust that we have in those people who control the supply of the unit of value that we have, or the dollar or the euro, or whatever it is, those are used for, for different purposes. I'm, I'm not, without getting into a political argument, there's a lot of societal problems, including COVID, including you know, great financial crisis, many, many things that have been solved through very loose monetary policy, which itself ultimately has, you know, created a significant supply of the stuff that you're trying to save. So you think that a dollar is worth a dollar and, you know, uh, is sound, but the truth is that there's more and more of it. And therefore, on a relative basis, if you could find something that was liquid, that was limited, that everybody believed in, that everybody looked at in the same way, well, then you would probably prefer it, theoretically. Now, Bitcoin is practically that. It is, in reality, something which, you know, in reality is different from theory. You know, you have to analyze, you have to get comfortable, you have to understand, you have to get to a point, but it is relatively easy to understand compared to a lot of the rest of crypto, compared to decentralized finance, lending protocols, all kinds of layer two decentralized apps and all this kind of noise that's around. But at the core of it, Bitcoin itself is relatively simple, 
A lot of people are understanding it. Governments, you know, even if it's El Salvador, even if it's Ukraine, even if it's Brazil, even if it's countries which are not known for being the most stable and the strongest, well, it solves a problem perhaps for them. Perhaps I say, because all, you know, many, many things can happen in the future, but there's no reason to think that um, anything that you put your money in today is relatively safe. So I argue with you know, with the with the hypothesis that it is safer to hold a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or a hundred dollars at a bank compared, you know, through the financial crisis, through whatever the future brings, compared to you know, same in equities, same in bonds, same in commodities, same in Bitcoin. Right? That now Bitcoin has earned the right through the network adoption, through the number of users, through the way that people have looked at it and the liquidity in the markets and what has been built around it, to have a place where people can start seeing that it has some level of long-term value or it can hold long-term value. That, that becomes a very interesting savings tool because it becomes one of the few things that you can look around and say, okay, I know how much there is out there. I know that the universe of people using it is expanding every day, every week, every year. I, it is solving some level of real world problems. Not all. It is not perfect. It's a little bit like self-driving, right? Is self-driving supposed to get, you know, incidents and accidents and death to zero? Or is it just supposed to beat 55 or 60,000 deaths a year in the US, right? And depending on where you think of it, you know, maybe some regulators and some people think that it's the only valuable if it reduces it to zero and should not even be tried if it doesn't, because then you have human responsibility. But in this in this particular case with Bitcoin, it has a role. It does not have, we talked about it before, you know, there are many artists whose work I don't really value or like. They still have a price in the marketplace and other people like it and there's a market for those. And it's the same way that you should look at any of these assets. If you don't invest or if you don't believe in asset X, congratulations, fantastic. But there are other people who do. And you can only ignore large asset classes for so long because you start seeing, you know, the return that they, pro- the, that they provide. So I, I have a question maybe on the, on the subtleties of, of, um, Semantics, maybe. When you're talking about savings versus investment, are you making any difference uh, here? Like you're saying, kind of, you can save money with Bitcoin. Uh, Good what, question. What would be the difference between investing on Bitcoin, or are you saying no, no, it's a, you it, should invest on like regular stocks? And no, it's a right question. Okay. I think that the concept of savings is one that is is or has disappeared from the landscape. Agreed. Right. And that they think that worse than that, the tools that people thought they had for savings, like in France, for example, you go and you go to the post office and you put money into an account at the post office that earns you nothing. That the idea at the time was that when the franc was sound, not that has a history of ever being sound, but still, uh, the the idea was that you put money aside and then when you were 18 as a kid or whatever it is, you would have something in order to be able to buy books for school or start a family or do whatever it is, depending on what, what it was at what stage in your life. And the concept of putting stuffing as, stuff aside that through time kind of retains its share of the pie, that concept is gone. Because you're forced into one of two choices. You either put it into 
the flattest of possible things like dollars or whatever it is, where you have to acknowledge that you're going to lose, certainly in this environment, X amount every year. And that's because of inflation, right? Because of inflation and both direct and indirect. Remember, inflation is always the actual inflation that has happened, however calculated, but also the anticipation of future inflation as well. So it gets very messy to hold just cash if you don't make it work. And, you know, people like Ray Dalio and many, many people have always made the point that, no, 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 you need to make your assets work for you, right? So you should not have money in cash, but there's still a sizable portion of the population who looks at having X amount in cash or cash equivalent or, you know, again, money markets. And now, sadly enough, expanding to the bond side of your portfolio, your bond, your bond portfolio in this environment is not earning you anything. Trading wise, maybe once in a while you make a little money at it, but if high yield below investment grade bonds yield three and a half percent, and the government at 10 years is paying you one and a quarter, one and a half percent. And, in, and, you know, inflation is anywhere, you know, actual inflation, inflation that you see, that you feel, that you see around you is anywhere between two and five percent. Then you're not going to make any money again. You're not retaining anything. So if I'm understanding right, again, this might be very subtle difference, but it seems like when you're saying savings, it's more like it's just simple. Like you put the money here. You don't need to understand um, what you might need to understand with stocks or maybe an, an ETF, maybe it's, it's a little more simple because someone's doing the work for per, you. Per, perhaps think but, of it dif- differently. So think of the emotions, right? So just at, at the pure emotional level, one feeling is I'm putting money aside because I was able to earn more than I'm spending or I want to force myself to put something aside so I feel secure in the future and I have something available to me, whether it's rainy day fund or whatever, a pretty dress fund, whatever it is. And the other one is I'm taking risk because I want to earn return on my capital. And so if you go back 20, 30 years, those two things were different. You would go and take risk. You know, again, there's many financial models that, you know, and, and uh, many Nobel Prizes that were won in trying to explain to you the risk curve and, you know, the proper proper cost of capital. But the truth is that for a long time, you either were conservative, aggressive, or partly aggressive and partly conservative. You had a continuum. Today, your choice is either be super non-aggressive, perhaps, if you want to think about it, at a cost which is several percent a year. So now you're not saving, right? You think you're saving, but you're actually losing money. You're losing money over time, right? You're not, think of the pie. The pie is shrink, your, your, your slice of the pie is shrinking continuously. If you use those tools that were designed in another time for the purpose of keeping value, store of value over generations, over a period of time or whatever it is, right? Or you're forced to, you know, to invest to speculate. Whatever anybody tells you, if you invest in Tesla, if you invest in Philip Morris, in Philip, in, 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 in any stock or bond or whatever it is, you're taking a risk. Maybe you've delegated that risk to a manager who understands it better and tells you what to do or does it for you or whatever it is. But ultimately, there's always a risk somewhere, as we all know, as we all live through. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't take risk, but I'm saying that those are just fundamentally completely different emotions. It doesn't seem available currently, the ability to put money aside 
uh, uh, that you can kind of tell yourself, I'll look at it back in X amount of time and it will provide me assurance in that period of time, let's say 10 years or 20 years. So ultimately, the, the, the thesis, the, 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 what I'm trying to test, what, what I'm getting more and more comfortable in my, in my mind is that Bitcoin is the ultimate, only rare, one of very few, I can't think of many others, savings tool, meaning something that you can put some money aside for the purpose of, if you want, garnering the emotion of, 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 of safety over a long period of time. It's, it's truly nonsense to most people, right? Because people look at how volatile it is and it was, you know, 29,000 maybe a month and a half ago and 5,000 last year and 50 now and so on and so forth, which is true. But ultimately, if you just kind of take the noise away and you start looking at the logic of how it behaves and, 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 and again, network adoption, how many people are using it? Who's putting money into it? Who's believing in it? It starts showing the, the role that you want it to play. So that's, I think that's interesting in the way that, um, it seems like when you start to understand a little bit more in depth Bitcoin, you can start getting that kind of peace of mind that you're talking about, um, about saving your money there. But when you don't, uh, it seems like it's the opposite. It seems like it's highly, very high risk, big speculation sure. arena. And also, uh, a, a, a part of the learning curve of Bitcoin is also knowing that if you're going to do it as savings, you got to play the long-term game and not pay too much attention to the volatility because that can drive a lot of emotion and you, you, you can make all the wrong decisions when the thing, when the price goes down, like a, like... Exactly. I mean, this is... Know, a- they're like waterfalls and then like a rocket going up. And it, you kind of have to educate yourself not to look oh, at... It's, not, it, 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 it's obviously a mess and it's also a mess on your emotions because if you think of it... And again, this is where, you know, uh, uh, there's a and big... I, I think people might struggle with that because... It can give you on one side that peace of mind on the long term, but you have to educate yourself and be comfortable with that. Or if you're not believer or you listen to all the noise, it's kind of the opposite. It's, no, 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 it can drive you crazy. No, highly volatile. You can think of very high risk and something that could disappear and go to zero. Hundred percent, and that's a very, very high risk. Hundred percent, money on. Hundred percent. I think the the the. I can see both, uh, by the way, uh, and the. Here's the thing that I agree with you. The, the more I understand Bitcoin, the more I have that kind of peace of mind. No one knows what's going to happen in the future, but the the psychological uh, narrative that you get to learn once you get into uh, the Bitcoin mentality, I, I still, uh, with, with myself, that learning curve, I do have more of a peace of mind in the long term. Right. So the price doesn't bother me as much. I think, so like any investor, you have to understand your risk, you have to understand your emotions, you have to understand how you think of things, you have to understand how much money you need in the short term and long term. Can you put money aside that you don't look at? Can you do things? Can you look at it as a real estate investment where you bought the thing and, you know, you're going to sell it after a long period of time. You're not looking to sell it the very next day. I mean, this is all kind of all around because it's immediately tradable, but in some ways you want your outcome to be, you know, to be quite long. I think, I've said this, I think many times, I think it's even in my Twitter bio. I think that Bitcoin always starts out as an aggressive investment, 
and eventually morphs into a defensive investment in your brain, which is that in the beginning, you're like, I can't believe I just bought this. This makes no sense. Some piece of code that's running on some software somewhere. And who are these people? And you check YouTube and it's nonsense and people screaming and pump, pump, pump and all that kind of stuff. And you and you eventually get yourself to maybe, uh, certainly in, in my case, to the point where you say, yeah, you know, I'll take a flyer. I'll try to figure it out. And after that, you start thinking about it some more and trying to figure out where else you can do certain things. And it starts now getting compared in your brain to other things. And over time, it morphs into something that's, yeah, it's super volatile. And it's trying to figure out this battle is happening in opinions. Of course, that's Plenty of people with a lot of capital who think that it's going to zero, that it doesn't make any sense. And like, like, like 2019, every, you know, the, the same, some of the same people or certainly a certain large amount of people thought that Tesla was going to zero because it was an accounting fraud and had no reason for being and all that good stuff. And then, you know. Yeah. You know what, what's funny, uh, how my brain thinks. Uh, I think a lot about uh, balance and having like a good balance in general. And it seems like on the financial um, whole macro uh, landscape, one side you have the uh, ridiculous money printing that it just never stops. And you feel that kind of vertigo, right? There's like unlimited supply, totally free to create now with, you know, yeah. digital money. And then on the other side, it seems like we needed something to balance that out and and that's where Bitcoin comes. Yeah, I think so. A, a limited supply and something that cannot be um, corrupted. And I don't know. I, I, a, I think I think on t- there's something elegant of, about of, it of balance that, that that makes sense in the yeah. macro perspective. I think you know to to end on this maybe you know in a messy world this is relatively elegant. Yeah, and it, and it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, as a balance of what's going on. Well, anyways, I think that was an interesting one. Uh, Thank you so much, Alex. Pleasure. Thanks. It was good to talk. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please give us a review if you like it and ask us any questions that you want us to talk about. Thank you and have a great evening. Take care.